Thank you for joining us today. Whether you are part of the Lighthouse family, be it on-site with us weekly or tuning in online, we'd love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Ely. It's on all our social media platforms. I hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Hey, how you doing? Good morning, good morning. I know the grace of the Lord is with us. Can you feel it this morning? God's so good, isn't he? God is so, so good. My title this morning, Give Me Strength! Exclamation <laughs> mark. Wow. Can we just say that? Just maybe just close your eyes. Lord, give me strength. Give me strength. And it's not because I spent the week camping with Tom and Dave. That's not the reason <laughs> for my prayer this morning. <laughs> Megan reminded me I wrote this the week before we went camping. So um, here we go. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 to 17. The Apostle Paul writes into Timothy, says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who gave me strength. Because he trusted me and gave me this work of serving him. In the past, I spoke against Christ, persecuted him, did all things, all kinds of things to hurt him. But God showed me mercy because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't believe it. But the grace of the Lord was fully given to me. And with that grace came faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. What I say is true and you should fully accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But I was given mercy so that in me, the worst of all sinners, Christ Jesus could show that he has patience without limits. Isn't that good news? His patience with me made me an example to those who would believe in him and have life forever. To the king that rules forever, who will never die, who cannot be seen, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Glory to the Lord. I tell you, that is a good place to start, isn't it? Glory to God. Exalt the name of the Lord. Of higher above every other name that is named, but is the name of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I want to pick up just quickly what Paul said there. This idea that the Lord gave him strength and the Lord trusted him. And trust is a big thing, isn't it? And this was a guy, uh, Paul or Saul, as, uh, as he was known, uh, would persecute the church, would try and bring the church down. He was there at Stephen's, uh, when they stoned Stephen to death, he was there. And then he set about a mission to try and destroy the church. And to say, to, to have a, such a turnaround in his life that God trusted him and gave him the strength to serve him. And the title this morning, yes, it's Give Me Strength. And I think number one is we need to know where our strength comes from. Paul knew that. He says, my strength comes from the Lord. That's the source of our strength. Second, what's the purpose of strength? He said, the purpose of the strength that was given to me was that I was trusted and I was able to serve him. And then final point this morning is maybe we need to take off the limits of what God can do in us. How have we limited ourselves? You know, are, are we fully understanding of the grace that has no limit, the mercy that has no limit, the patience? And how many know God has patience with us? 
How many times has God called us or spoke to us and, you know, we've not followed through or we've said that's too tough, that's too hard or we've made an excuse uh, and, and God's so patient with us. He gives us opportunities, doesn't he, time and time again to, to do what he's called us to do and that's what I want to talk about. But give me strength. Oh, that's a good place to start, isn't it? That's often a prayer, <laughs> a prayer of mine or an exclamation when I've had a tough time. And the Bible is full of passages where the Lord promises to give strength or to renew their strength. You read Jeremiah, you read Isaiah, you read the Psalms, you know, the promise of God that the Lord will give you strength. Jesus told his disciples in Mark 14 when they, they were falling asleep when they were supposed to be praying. I won't ask for a show of hands, but... <laughs> This is what Jesus said to them, stay awake, pray for strength against temptation. The spirit wants to do what's right, but the body is weak. And this morning I'm talking about, give me strength, give me strength, Lord. And maybe that's our prayer today. And maybe that is speaking to somebody here that might just, they need to hear this. Maybe there's someone, maybe I need to hear this. In fact, I do need to hear this, but give me strength. Strength to do what God has called us to do. Strength to be able to share our faith. Strength to be able to give a reason for the hope that we have. But where do we look for strength? That's my first point. Christ is the source of our strength. Strength is Christ-given. Where do we look for strength? Are we feeling pressed? Are we feeling tested to our limit, exhausted and in need of our strength to be renewed? Or have we built up our strength? Are we prepared for the journey ahead? Are we pressing into everything that God has for us? You know, we often find strength only when the demand is placed on us. You know, I was thinking about Tom, and uh, Tom did the funeral of his, of his nanma yesterday, and uh, I know that was really tough. And it's been a tough couple of weeks, but big shout out to Tom because you know, he rose up to strength in that time when his family needed him. And I'm, a few weeks ago, I'm watching him by the graveside, and he's there with his family, and he's, he's leading the way. And his strength is just rising up. He's a big fellow anyway. He's physically strong. <laughs> but this guy has an amazing strength within him, you know, and I'm thinking where most people would just, this is all too much. You know, the funeral of a loved one, funeral of someone that meant so much to you, to be that strong person at your family's funeral. I, I'm impressed with this fella. He's not even in the room, is he? That's good. Don't tell him I was talking about him. But he has this amazing strength about him, and he has the ability just to keep going, to do all that God's, God's called him to do. But it's often we, we don't know the strength we have until it's placed on us. We don't know what we can do until the demand is there. And we're surprised by ourselves. And it, it could be maybe that very demand that increases our strength. And I think the way principles work in the Bible, if you need something, you give it away. That's the principle in the Bible. What you need, you give away. If I need strength, I need to strengthen others. If I need healing, I need to pray for others to be healed. If I'm feeling questioning about my faith and, and tested in my faith, 
I need to share my faith. And the more we share our faith, the more faith we find we have. And the more we find these words coming out of our mouth thinking, was that me that said that? I mean, how much do I know about the gospel? Because this, what's coming out of my mouth, is not me. This is the Holy Spirit working through me. You know, if we want, so, we want more of the Holy Spirit, then pray for someone to have more of the Holy Spirit. Let's not wait necessarily till that demand is placed upon us, but let's place that demand upon ourselves internally that we can be strengthened. You know, that we, the way we build muscles is we place a demand on those muscles. The way we build strength is through hard work. And the more hard work we do, the more hard work we can do. And the more spiritually disciplined we are, the more we're able to give out of the abundance of our heart. We have to have the stuff in our heart, be prepared for to give a reason for the hope that we have. And when we share our faith, God increases our faith. When we give it away, God gives it back to us, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will God pour into our hearts his Holy Spirit? You know, Jesus is talking about giving in there, and he's talking about forgiveness. If we need forgiveness, what do we need to do? Give it away. This is how the Bible works. This is how principles work in the kingdom. If you need something, give it away. Bless somebody. Pray for somebody. I tell you, it's better, be, it's better to be prepared and disciplined for the challenges that are going to face us. There's no, no good us just, you know, only praying, for instance, when we have a problem. Let's build up that prayer life. Let's build up that spiritual strength within us that whatever comes our way, we're going to trust in God. Whatever face situations we face, we already have that strength within. As they say, seven days without prayer makes one week. So let's pray. You didn't get that one. You'll get that on the way home. But we are, find strength when we need it, and we're surprised when that demand is placed upon us. And Paul found strength from finding purpose. I think that's what Paul is saying here, is I have strength because I have purpose. God's called me to do something, and he's going to give me the strength to do it. He was this persecutor of the church, but he became this prolific apostle and writer for the gospel. He was challenged head-on by Christ. You can read this in the book of Acts. Knocked off his horse, blinded by him, challenged by him, told him that his old life was heading in the wrong direction. He was kicking against what the very saviour that he thought he was protecting. He was going in the wrong direction and Christ said to him, you're going to fulfill my purpose but you're going to suffer and I'm going to send you to the Gentiles whom, uh, and I'm going to call you into places. And he called Ananias to come and pray for him and Ananias didn't want to go because it's like, this is, this is Saul, this is the guy that's trying to kill us and you want me to go to his house in midnight. So he goes to his house and he prays for him and he tells Ananias, go and tell Paul that he's going to suffer for the gospel. I mean, that's a great message, isn't it? You hear that often in church. Come to Christ and you're going to suffer for the sake of the gospel. But Christ is going to be with you and he's going to give you the strength. I don't know about you, but I like a challenge. And every time I say that, I always get challenged. It's like I preached on love the other week. 
And uh, all that following week, I was challenged by what I was preaching. So if you don't want to be challenged by it, don't say it. But I think we can rise to the challenge. I think there is uh, strength that's needed. And we need people that are strong today. We need people that uh, have the courage of their convictions, that know uh, that God is with them. And Paul's reminding uh, Timothy here in the next passage, um, which I didn't read. He says to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. I love that. Fight the good fight of faith. Have the strength and courage within you to hold on, to preach the gospel. Be ready in season, out of season, he tells him. But he also tells him to put God first. That's why he includes that the glory and the honor belongs only to God. And this is the perspective that we need and it helps us. Because we're not doing this for ourselves. We're not doing this to please ourselves. We're not doing this to please others. We're doing this to please the Lord. And so if we're orientated in the right direction, if, if I say my life is about bringing honor and glory to God, and I know God is patient with me because that's not always the case, but, that, but at least I'm orientated in the right direction. That, that's purpose. And God gives uh, us purpose, and he gave Paul here purpose, and said to him, lift up your eyes, let what you do be glorifying to God, all honor and glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is where in the Psalms 19, he says, he prays, doesn't he? He says, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable to you, O Lord, in your sight. O Lord, my strength, my redeemer, Psalm 19. But having our lives orientated towards God's glory, seeking God's glory for our life, puts us in the right direction and we'll have the strength that we need. I tell you, let's have that faith that God is, is working in us. He's begun a good work, Paul tells the church in Philippians. He says, let me just read that. From the first day you heard the gospel, Christ has begun a good work. Right back then, when did you first hear the gospel? Because God began a work in you. And I think that's encouragement for us, isn't it? That we're not there, we're not perfected. Paul says, I haven't obtained, you know, I haven't got there yet, but I press on towards the upward call of God in Christ. But he says to them that he prays for them. That your love will grow more and more, that you'll have knowledge and understanding with that love. And you'll see the difference between good and bad, and you will choose good. And you will be pure without wrong for the coming of Christ, that you may be filled with good things. And good things will, produce, will be produced in your life by Christ and bring glory and praise to God. Paul always brings it round to the glory of God. And we need people to have the kind of strength and courage today. We need the kind of people that are willing to speak up, to stand up, and to serve Christ. And life has challenges when you serve Christ. Paul took on the commission of Christ knowing full well the challenges that were ahead of him. And I tell you, we have that same challenge today. But God is filling us with good things. This is the good things that are going to bring glory and honor to God. And we're encouraged, aren't we, to look upwards towards God. And we're encouraged to look outwards to God's people and to our city. And there's people who have not heard the good news. And that ought to burden us. That ought to convict us. 
when we see people without hope and without Christ. That ought to give us a wake-up call to say, listen, I can't just go through my life just, I'm pleased God loves me and I'm okay. And as long as I don't step out and step up, you know, my life will just keep quiet and I'll, I'll go do my church stuff and I'll do this and I'll do that. I don't want to stick my head above the parapet because I know I'm going to be shot down. But God's called us to look outwards, to look upwards. He's called us and he's challenged us. And I, I tell you, I'm ready to rise to the challenge. How about you? I see nodding heads, yes. <laughs> We're a community church. I really have a vision that Christ is building here at Lighthouse, a Christ-focused community, because there are people that need some good news. There are people desperate to hear something. And if they're not hearing good news because of all the bad news that we're constantly hearing, then I think we as Christians ought to step up and speak out. We say there is hope. There is strength. There is life in Christ. There is things that Christ has for you, good things, that are going to bring your life into alignment with the glory of God. And you know what happens when your life is out of line. If it's out of line with God's will and God's purposes, uh, you know, growing up as a teenager, you know, I, I never missed church. That was always the thing. I never missed church. But there were times in my life when it was going in the wrong direction. You know, and I thought I could go off with all my friends and I could have some drinks and have smoked some marijuana and do other things like that. But, you know, I was miserable as, as hell doing that because I knew that wasn't what God called me to. That wasn't what his life that he had for me. And I had this calling within me from a very young age very young age, that I knew I had to be serving the Lord. And anything else but serving the Lord was just, was just the worst. You know, but how we are, God is patient with us. He's gracious with us. He turns our life around. He makes the difference in our lives. But we do have to orientate ourselves towards him. And that gives us purpose. I tell you, there's people that don't have direction, they're lost. And there are lost people looking for direction. And we have the map, we have the roadway, we have the answer. And the whole of creation is waiting for the children, the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. And we are that church. We're building a community, Christ-focused community, a community church that we're becoming a haven for people in need. And it's a challenge that we're rising to. Yes, we can give them food. Yes, we can give them shelter. Yes, we can give them advice. Yes, we can give them comfort. But ultimately, we need to give them hope, eternal hope, hope that only comes in Christ. And this is our vision, a church that exists for its non-members, a church that's moving forward, resisting the danger of isolating ourselves and becoming irrelevant. The purpose, Jesus said, that I came was to seek and save the lost. And I think the Holy Spirit is working on us inwardly, inspiring us, challenging us, encouraging us to look outwards, upwards and outwards. And we realize that the world at large needs Christians to stand up. We need the good news. We need the hope. But we also need to reach out practically in James uh, 127, he says, Religion that God accepts as pure and without fault is this, caring for the orphans, the wid widows who need help, and keeping yourselves free from the world's evil influence. You know, it's all at once, isn't it? It's all at once with the Lord. We're looking up, looking out. It's all at once saying, I'm going to reach out and care for those in need. And this is our vision. 
to bring hope, to bring help to people. And it's great we're not doing this. It's not the task of the few. But we do need people of great strength, people of character, to, de- to defend those who can't defend themselves. You know, it would be sad if the only thing that the world knew about the church is that it's against this and it's against that. If the world knew that the church is there to bring hope, to bring good news, and that good news is for everyone. And I think if we are genuinely saved, we are genuinely part of God's kingdom, we are genuinely, genuinely children of God, Christ followers, then we too will rise up to that challenge to preach the gospel, to share our faith, to give people hope. Jesus walked and talked among everyday people, some of whom the religious of his day wouldn't even go near. Jesus was somebody that would always be invited to the party. He was, and he'd probably bring wine as well. It was always one that was, he was there with the people, for the people, bringing life to the party. Bringing, well, we want to do that. We want to bring Christ to the party. You know, we've got so many events coming up over the summer, so many opportunities for us to gather together with ourselves and opportunities for us to be out in the community as a body of Christ uh, and opportunities to bring people, to bring people to these events that get, get them to know us and then they'll see why do you have this hope about you? Why do you have this new life about you? Peter speaks of Jesus in Acts He says that Jesus went around doing good, healing all those who are oppressed of the devil. I tell you, we we want that kind of reputation, don't we? We want that kind of reputation that we go around doing good, healing all. And you can it's not hard to see the oppression of evil that's on people's lives. And I tell you, there's a challenge to set them free. Let's set them free. Source of our strength. Christ is the source of our strength. Purpose of our strength has got to be that, sharing the the good news. Sharing our faith gives us the energy. It helps our faith. It's the principle I said that if we give away um, something, it comes back to us pressed down, shaken together and running over. And Christ uh, reminds us that he's going to be with us every step of the way. He commanded Paul to preach the good news and trusted him with the gospel to the Gentiles. It, it wasn't that he was qualified. What he did know about was Judaism. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews, but God said to him, I'm going to send you to the Gentiles and I'm going to trust you. And God was able to use the worst of the worst. As Paul said, I'm the worst of all the sinners, but God's able to use me. And I wonder, do we have an excuse like that? I won't ask for hands, but anyone feels like they're the worst of the worst. Well, there's hope for us. Because when we we are transformed by the gospel, by Christ, and we are given direction and purpose, the Lord then gives us the strength. Paul says that, I've been given the strength, I've been trusted to do the work that God's called me to do. And this is where Jesus gives the great commission, we call it, to his disciples. It's a command from a position of power, but it comes with that purpose. In Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus said to them, All power in heaven and earth has been given to me, so go and make followers of all people, 
or disciples, all people in the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I have taught you, and I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Christ's promise to be with us comes with his commissioning. If we're not feeling the presence and that power of God in our lives, then when was the last time that we shared our faith? When was the last time that we gave someone hope? That we said to them, let me pray for you. Let let me tell you about why I'm, I'm happy. Let me tell you about my eternal destiny. And then Christ's promise comes with that for us doing what he's called us to do. Paul took the commission seriously. He took the challenge seriously and he wouldn't back down. And he knew all too well his own weaknesses. And this is the irony with Paul, isn't it? He says, while I'm weak, I'm strong. And in my weakness, Christ's strength has been made manifest. And he refused to boast in himself, even though perhaps he had reason to boast. But he said, I will boast in one thing, and that is Christ and him crucified. That's the only thing that I will preach. He says, I knew in my humanity that I am weak. You read Romans 7, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, those are the things that I end up doing. Who will deliver me? Then he goes on and says, I thank Christ that he is the one that's delivering me. He is the one that's bringing me through this. Paul knew his struggles. And he didn't rely on his upbringing, his education, his talent. You know, when it came to defending himself to these other super apostles that you read in 2 Corinthians uh, 10 to 13, you read that. And he says, I'm going to boast about one, and that's about Christ. And it's Christ in me that's doing this. And he knew that weakness was actually the source of his strength. He had that purpose, and that purpose gave him strength. And he gave him strength because he was trusted to do the work that God's finished him. So what has God called us to do? Generally, God has called us as followers of Christ to give up our old life and follow him. Generally speaking. Specifically, there might be something that God has called you to do. But that calling might not be... um, go off to Africa and, and live in a mud hut and preach the gospel to, in the desert or something like that. You know, that might not be God's calling for you. But the calling to love your neighbor, what does it really mean to love your neighbor? It's really to share your faith with them, share the hope that you have with them. But God's calling isn't necessarily a, just a one-time thing. I think God's calling us on a daily basis. There's a calling to take up your cross and follow me. And that's a daily choice. That's a daily walk that we have. But God's calling might be, go and talk to that person on the bus, waiting at the bus stop. Go talk to that person in that restaurant, in that cafe. Go and talk to that that waiter or waitress. This is the calling that the Holy Spirit gives us constantly. And I know there's times when I've heard that, and I've gone, no, 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 that's just silly. And by the time I've, I've talked myself out of it, that opportunity has passed. But God's patient. And he gives us another go. He gives us another chance. And then when you hear someone's testimony, you know, and they say, listen, I, it was years ago, but I met someone at the bus stop. And they just prayed for me. And I ignored it, and I went away, and, but God's bringing it back to me. God's bringing it back to me. 
And these are the testimonies we hear so often. You know, and, and we can be a part of that by hearing and listening to God's calling, but maybe we've placed limits on our lives. That's my final point. What limit have we placed on our life? Have we limited the grace of God? Have we limited his patience? Um, we, have we discounted ourselves and written ourselves off? You know, we're the worst of the worst. You know, if you knew what I've been through or if you knew what I got up to, you knew about the argument I had with my spouse on the way to church this morning, you wouldn't say that I could stand up and pray for someone. You wouldn't say that I'm the one to bring hope and life to someone else and you discount yourself. And your map's waiting for the day that you would just got it perfect. This morning I got up, I, just, I was in prayer and I didn't kick the dog or the cat, you know. And, you know, I, I, I was nice to everybody. Of course, I live alone, so it's quite easy. Uh, you know, but what, what level are we setting ourselves? You know, what are we waiting for that says finally we're good enough, we're uh, righteous enough, we're holy enough to be able to share our faith? What limits are we putting ourselves? Have we heard the call? Have we heard the challenge? Do we know that Christ has trusted us with the gospel? You can imagine the angels in heaven when Christ was ascending, saying, okay, what's the plan? You know, how are we going to get this whole world saved? And Jesus says, oh, I've got these 12 guys. Well, actually, I've got 11. And I've got, other, I've got others as well. I've got all the women that you know, were part of his disciples as well. I've got this. And the angels look at him like, really, that's your plan? You're trusting the gospel with this group of people? Have you met them? Do you know what they're like? What about that Peter? He's been saying bad things about you when you weren't listening. Three times as well. But this is God's plan, to trust us with the gospel. And if he could trust someone like Paul, which blew his mind, by the way, why would he even trust me? And that grace of God and the love that came with that grace and that faith is, it gave him that, that strength to obey the call when it came. And God is patient with us. He really is patient with us. And he wants us to grow in him. He wants us to strengthen him. He wants us to uh, be the ones to reach out to others and stop limiting ourselves by thinking we're not qualified to share the good news. You say, well, I've not been to Bible school. So I've never studied theology. I don't know. But what do you know? What has Christ done for you? What is the hope that you have? What is the reason you keep coming back to church for? You know, what is the reason you're able to lift your hands and worship? What do you know? Share what you know. Share what you know. You say, well, I haven't got this gift. Uh, you know, I haven't got the gift of healing, but could I, I could pray for someone. But would God use me, a sinner, the worst of the worst? Well, I think we've answered that one. He's trusted us with the gospel. Let's take off the limits. The patience that Christ had with Paul, he says, it were an example to others. We are those others who believe on him and receive that eternal life. God is patient with us. Thank God he is. And his patience doesn't have a limit. And Paul, well, he had his challenges. And he lists them again and again, doesn't he? But he rose again to the rose up to those challenges, rose up to that demand that was placed upon him and he realized his source of his strength, he realized the purpose of his strength and he realized that Christ was with him without limits. Paul had this reputation, didn't he, that he was the persecutor, Saul, Paul. Saul is his Jewish name, Paul is his Roman name, just so you know it's the same person. 
Paul had this reputation among his peers that he was this zealous persecutor of the church. And of course, when he chose Christ, rejected by all of those. He had to leave all of those behind because he was their, their chief weapon in going, uh, given letters to go to Damascus to uh, deal with all this, this Christian Christ-following uprising. And he was, he was trusted by them, but of course he had to leave his former colleagues behind to follow that commission. Now he's in a pickle because, pickle, I love that word. He's in a pickle. Not literally in, in some pickle, you understand. Um, because the people he's now supporting, they don't trust him either. You know, so he's got, he's, this guy's got no friends, he's got nowhere, and he's, he's trapped, isn't he, in that place. But he knows, he knows, doesn't he, what his calling is. He knows what his purpose is. And I say we need to know our calling, we need to know our purpose, we need to have Christ as the head, and we say my life is orientated towards Christ, and that's where I'm getting my renewal of my strength. That's where I'm getting my hope. And uh, let's just close, shall we? In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 6 and 7, this is Paul again. A lot of Paul this morning. He says, we show who we are. We show who we are as servants of God by the way we live, by our pure love, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, and by the Holy Spirit, and by true love, by speaking the truth, and by God's power, we use our right living to defend ourselves against everything. You know, Paul had to defend himself against these new colleagues. He had to defend himself against churches that said that, you know, he was weak. Defend himself against uh, people that were trying to stone him, people that were trying to kill him. And he said, the only defense I have is in the way I live. He says, I'm determined to preach nothing but Christ and him crucified, not to boast in anything but his weakness. He knew the source of his strength. He wasn't speaking out of his own education. He was speaking the words of God. And the way he lived. What does the way we live speak to others about us Is the way we live, is Christ in us the hope of glory? Is it Christ who lives in me and the life I live is a cruciformed life? And the reason Paul said this to Timothy is that he should fight the good fight of faith. That he should keep the Lord of glory, the King of kings, as his focus. And we need that focus and having that focus will give us the strength to do that God, all that God's called us to do. Christ is the source of our strength. He's the source. And he's given us a challenge, and he's trusted us with sharing his good news. And we take off the limits, take off the excuses that we've said to ourselves that keep us fulfilling the purpose that we have in Christ, even though Christ is patient with us, shows us mercy, the love, that he has for us. But there's purpose in us gathering. 
There's purpose in our friendships and our connections. There's purpose in us being part of the body of Christ. Jesus says, I'm building my church, and he means people. He didn't mean building. They didn't have a big building. He said, I'm building my church, my people, to the point where the gates of hell, even the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And we're that kind of church. We're not going to allow the evil one to dominate this world because we're going to stand up for the good news. It says the power of God is in salvation. That's the power of God. And we have the power of God to defeat the enemy, to defeat the evil. How? We bring in the love of Christ. We bring in the nature of Christ. We bring in the the good news, the hope that we have, we can share with others. Amen. Let's take off the limits of God's grace. Let's just close in prayer for a moment. Do we have the strength we need for the journey ahead? Do we have the strength we need for the temptations that we will face? Do we have the strength for the calling to which we've been called? I thank Christ Jesus for our Lord who gave me strength. He trusted me and gave me this work of serving him. We started with a prayer, give me strength. I want to close with that. And I want to give us an opportunity to pray for each other. I know my time's seriously run out. Give me strength. Let's just close our eyes for a moment and maybe bow your heads a moment and maybe this week's been tough. Maybe every week's tough. But if that's your prayer this morning, give me strength. Just could you just pop your hand up and I want to pray for you. Yeah. I know if you're like me. You might not be suffering, but you, you know someone who's suffering and maybe it's a family member that's really struggling. And this is your prayer, give me strength. Maybe you need not strength for yourself, but you need strength for someone else. If you're okay keeping your hands up and you're okay other people seeing your hands up, open your eyes just have a look around there's a few of us there's a few of us that need some strength Tom come and pray with us I want to ask the Holy Spirit to come right now I know he's He's here already. And he's in us, isn't he? I want to do just something. If you're really bold and you've got your hand up, just stand up and find someone else with their hand up. Right, I'm going to do this. So those who need strength, I need you to pray for someone else who needs strength. This is the principle, isn't it? This is the principle. You need strength, find someone that needs strength and pray for them. Richard, find somebody behind you right there. Pray for them. Pray for each other. As you give it away, God's going to give it to you. I really believe this. And if you hadn't put your hand up, 
and you want to put your hand up now, you can do. Tom, just come and pray. Heavenly Father, I'm so amazed daily at the provision and the blessings that you have to pour upon us. Lord, for your grace, the gift of new life, the abundance of love and joy that you have for us, for us to enjoy and for us to be blessed within, Lord, but also for us to flow from us. Heavenly Father, I just lift each person here, Lord, to you. Lord, that you are the giver of strength. You are the giver of good gifts. You are the giver of a spirit that enlightens and enables and gives us fullness. And Lord, as there's areas of our lives, Lord, that we struggle with, that we are burdened with, that we are confused by, Lord, I want to thank you that you are more than any of those things. You are mighty. You are a God who has seen and you are a God who sees. Lord, for you have accomplished all that is needed for us to be renewed and made fresh. And Lord, for those of us here who maybe we didn't raise our hands, or maybe those who are online who are watching at home with hands raised or not, you are the I am. And Lord, in each situation that we are in, we call upon your name. As Ross said earlier in the worship as well, we call upon your name because you are the I am. In each situation, whether it's our finances, you are the I am. Whether it's our work, whether it's our health, whether it's our family, whether it's our friendship, whether it's any situation we have, we can come to you because you are the I am. You are greater. And Lord, we rejoice. We may not feel like it now, Lord, but we rejoice in the provision of what you have got for us in the provision of what you see in us as Giles said earlier you don't look down and see a sinner you look down and see someone worthy of dying for you see you look down and see someone you love so much that you would leave all else to find us world and society and different things would make us feel that surely not but you sent your son for me for each one of us here for each one of us online for each one of us in this city in this nation in this world we are created in the image of something that is worthy we are created in the image of yourself and you love us because we are yours and Lord we just confess and we commit and we surrender what we have what we are carrying what we need this strength for
Almighty Father, to our Almighty God, to our King of Kings. You are worthy, and we praise you for the goodness of God that has been poured out for us to to enjoy like Giles said as well this morning for us to share and to reflect may we reflect the aspects of you that we are being transformed into into your likeness into your glory day by day may our desire be to be more like Christ may our desire be to be forgiven may our desire be to be reliant on you. May our desire be heirs of the King. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.